Welcome to the Love Lab Podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single, or couple, this is the show for you. We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Celine Remy, and we are here to guide you to go from good to amazing in the bedroom and beyond. All right, welcome back to the Love Lab Podcast. This is episode 156, and it's titled How to Cope with Stress in Relationship with John Gray. This, I think, is going to be a great and fascinating episode, and I'm excited about it um, for a couple of reasons, but one of which is not so much because John Gray is John Gray, (laughs) but because I was exposed to his work really, really early on in my life, and it really did have an impact. I first read Men Are From Mars and Women Are From Venus when I was in college, Uh, junior or senior year, I can't remember which one, this goes back into the early 90s. And I was assigned to read this book by a professor. I knew nothing about this. I was like 20, maybe, um, give or take. And I actually, I loved it. I read the whole thing from cover to cover, which was not true of every book that was assigned to me in college. (laughs) And it just, it it really had an impact at a time in my life where I pretty much knew nothing about relationships other than how to mess them up. (laughs) So I'm really excited actually to, to, to talk to John and to have a conversation about this. Absolutely. Me too. So let's start with our sponsor ad. We'll read John's bio and then get started because I'm just too excited. So if you want to join the secret club of men who are great in bed, then check out Power and Mastery at powerandmastery.com. It is the most complete sexual mastery training for men. Whether you want to last longer, increase your erections, or have better skills in the bedroom, there is something for you at powerandmastery.com. So if you haven't yet heard of John Gray, he is the author of the most well-known and trusted relationship book of all time, Men Are From Mars and Women Are From Venus. USA Today listed his book as one of the top 10 most influential books of the last quarter century. John helps men and women better understand and respect their differences in both personal and professional relationships. His approach combines specific communication techniques with healthy nutritional choices that create the brain and body chemistry for lasting health, happiness, and romance. So welcome, John, to the Love Lab podcast. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. All right. So we're just going to dive right in. And what we're really talking about in this particular episode is how to cope with stress in relationships, or really like how does stress affect people's relationships? And the first question that we have may seem slightly off topic, but it's really not at all, um, which is, it's about the traditional roles of the man and the woman in a relationship. And so the first question is, how have the traditional male and female roles evolved? And I think it's important to understand that because I think that has contributed significantly to the stress levels that people feel. I would agree with you. And um, how our roles have evolved. We, we live for thousands of years. Men, culture told men what to do. Culture told women what to do. So you got in a relationship, you didn't have to explain to your partner what they need to do. Women usually picked a guy who was a good provider and you felt safe with him. That was enough. And she depended on that. She needed that. So she had a lot of love for him. They didn't have to take classes on communication. (laughs) 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 And their expectations were different. They lived in a world of survival and security. And once we get into a place where anybody has the ability, the freedom and the, to, uh, 
to survive and be secure on their own that changes the dynamic of relationship. Because the old fashioned relationship was men and women are dependent on each other. And quite often, you know, people who are young, uh, they pick up a lot from men are from Mars, women are from Venus. But it's really when you get in a relationship where you're dependent on your partner or you have children even, boy, you really see the dynamics of men are from Mars, women are from Venus showing up because that's a real relationship where you're dependent on each other for something. Well, today, whether we have children or not, we have a higher need and the need is for emotional fulfillment. Now, this was Maslow talked about this so many years ago. That when your lower needs are fulfilled, then higher needs become just as important as your lower needs. I mean, you know, we all know if you try fasting, you get hungry. Okay, that's a need. <laughs> I need food. Uh, so that's your, your survival need and your security needs. If you're afraid, you can't pay bills, I need money. This is really strong needing. Well, actually, when your consciousness is higher, which is what's happened today, evolution has taken place. A higher need is there in our culture, and that is the need for emotional fulfillment. And so the priority in our relationships is emotional fulfillment. And so we have to learn new skills for that. Yeah, that's actually really fascinating take. I I wasn't thinking that was how that question was going to be answered, but I I really love that answer because it really makes a lot of sense. So if we think about like any period in time, Uh, in historical time, where, say, the arts flourished. Why did they flourish? Well, they flourished because basic needs were taken care of, and people had the excess capacity to be able to invest in those things when they weren't, you know, constantly worried about survival. So that's actually a fascinating point that you bring up, that the same thing happens in relationships. When you're no longer worried about survival, you actually have different needs that show up. No. And that's a source of stress. Like you asked the question about stress. The major source of stress is I feel uh, ignored. I feel rejected. I don't feel appreciated. I feel not good enough. I feel alone. I feel nobody loves me. I feel my partner's ignoring me. <laughs> I feel like she's never happy. These are, these are all emotional needs that we have. So as a therapist for 50 years, when people come in, uh, what they focus on is the problems. The real problem underneath it is to identify the emotional need that's, that's important and how to address it in the right context. So what are the disadvantages and advantages of this evolution? I see that as a woman, we tend to be a little bit more in touch maybe with the emotional side. So maybe it was easier than for the men at a certain point. But if I look around and I see my friend's relationship, I see that both men and women are kind of struggling equally in their relationship. Oh, yeah, it's... it's the whole world is <laughs> massively stressed. I mean, this is like, uh, we have to figure this out. And so the way I explain it, and this is, you know, when I try to talk about gender differences, it's so often for many people, it's it's incorrect. You shouldn't say men and women are different. Of course, we are. There's so many differences. And I've written books on all those differences. But to sort of disarm audiences to get the gist of what I'm saying, it's okay if you're a woman and you're more masculine. And it's okay if you're a man and you're more feminine, but if you're not experiencing happiness and you're not experiencing fulfillment in your relationship, almost always the man is too far on his female side and the woman is too far on her male side. And I draw that conclusion because when we talk about stress, okay, first of all, when you're experiencing stress, we often think of the outer world as too much, you know, not enough money, people are mean to be, there's traffic, there's problems in the culture. That's outer sources of stress, but there's a, how we react to it. 
That's what I'm talking about. Are we able to relax in a traffic jam and put on some nice music and be happy? Or are we all in a hurry and rushing around and we can't feel relaxed? So it's our reaction inside. So when you measure, that's a hormone called cortisol. That's the stress hormone. So when your body's making cortisol, if you're a woman, your estrogen levels will be low at that time and your testosterone levels will be a little higher or much higher for you. And if you're a man and you're feeling stressed, your estrogen levels will be higher and your testosterone will start going down. Now, those are new terms for a lot of people, so let me say it again. Estrogen's a female hormone, testosterone's the male hormone. I have both, uh, everyone has both. But when a woman is happy and fulfilled, her female hormone, estrogen, will be about 10 times higher than a man's. And when a man is happy and fulfilled and generous and giving and focused, his testosterone will be at least 10 times higher than the average woman. So this is real simple. You know, it's, it's new terms. It's just to get a sense is as a man, when I'm stressed, regardless of what's going on in my life, okay, if I'm stressed, my testosterone is too low and my estrogen levels are getting high. And if you're a woman and you're stressed, your testosterone is going up and you're getting an imbalance of estrogen. And now it's a little more complicated with women. There's another hormone called progesterone. <laughs> they, one has to be more than the other at different times of the month. But still, both of those are female hormones that play a lot on a woman's mood, how she feels at peace. Does she feel love? Does she feel turned on? Can she feel romantic? I give you an example. I was, uh, I, my daughter, Lauren, who's your age, and she teaches classes for women only at my website. And I was helping her edit. Okay, she's brilliant. She's better than me. Wait, every generation's better. Okay, so here she is. <laughs> and she's saying, and then a man can be more romantic. If you do certain things, he'll be more romantic. And I said, well, what does your partner do that's so romantic? And she goes, oh, I don't even have to ask. He empties the trash. <laughs> and I go, oh my God. <laughs> but you see, if you're feeling if you're feeling happy and fulfilled within yourself and you can ask for help and get it in your relationship and you feel loved, then all whatever he does is romantic. But if you're not experiencing feelings of hormonal imbalance inside yourself, then he empties the trash and your reaction to it, well, he should empty the trash. I cooked him dinner. You see, you can see the difference in the feeling. And this is a reality. One of the ideas of Men From Mars, it's so popular. And it's a wake-up call for men and helps women as well. But it's understanding that with women, little things make a big difference. See, men tend to think, if I do something big, I get a big result. And that's true. But he doesn't realize that if you do little things, you get almost the same response. I can bring her 50 roses and, oh, so happy. Thank you, honey. Oh, special occasion. Or I can bring a gardenia. And she goes, oh, sweet. That's what you brought me on our first date. You know, it's just you, you can get the same response. And what is the response when a man does a romantic gesture? The response is a surge of estrogen. But now let's look at a bigger picture. Now that I understand hormones, I didn't understand hormones when I wrote Men Are From Mars. I just knew that men, you keep thinking I do big stuff and my wife should be happy with me. <laughs> Lots of little stuff is the key. It's the kind of things you did when you were dating her that builds her estrogen and that keeps her happy and able to focus on what's good in her life rather than what happens when we're stressed. We're producing the stress hormone. The brain goes into an automatic mode of looking at what's wrong rather than what's right. And this is, this is the problem. We have this high stress level in our lives. And you look at, regardless of what's going on in the outer world, 
it's what's going on and how we react to it. And so if we can learn as women can learn, how can I use communication skills to increase my estrogen? How can I make different choices in my life to increase my estrogen along with my sense of independence? Nothing wrong with that. It's finding the balance. And, and before I finish on that part, when I talk about men being on their female side, most men don't relate to that because it's not like you're becoming a woman. It's that you're going to female hormones. So when you're sitting there passively watching TV, you're producing female hormones. When you're playing a video game passively, you're producing female hormones. When you're drinking too much beer, you're producing feminine hormones. When you're taking marijuana, you're producing female hormones. Whenever a man or woman is dependent on something outside themselves for happiness. See, it's that dependence that puts you in the estrogen mode. Because when you depend on something, you're receptive to it, you're open to it, you're, you're opening your heart to that, and that's making you happy. So men have to have a balance of that. Nothing wrong with being dependent on things as long as not too much. Nothing wrong for women to be independent. Look what I do, look what I can accomplish, as long as it's balanced with, and I can depend on someone. And we all have blocks. Women have blocks to receiving. Men have blocks to doing. And that's the value of relationships can help us to overcome those blocks because we love somebody. Yeah. You know, if you're watching the video on this, I'm over here like a bobblehead, you know, it's like, uh-huh. it's all these things that, that John is saying. I want to touch on one part. So I, I like how you stated, you know, when you wrote Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, you didn't have a clear handle on the hormones. And right. what I think is so great about adding that into the conversation now is, like you said, certain people will get turned off by, oh, men are like this and women are like that. But when we've got the science behind it and we can show scientifically, without a doubt, that there are changes in hormones that are happening, it's much easier for people to understand, oh, okay, I get it. Now I see why things are different. And I wanted to go... You know, there's a, there's a topic that we talk about a lot on our show, which we call polarity. A lot of people talk about polarity, you know, masculine. Totally in the polarity. Right. And, and so I was wondering if you could comment a little bit more, because what you were saying is when women are stressed, their estrogen goes down, their testosterone goes up, and then vice versa, right? So what you start to see then is two people who were very polarized start to come closer together in the middle somewhere. And I was wondering if you could just talk about what, that, what effect that would have on a relationship. Well, first of all, let me let me say something about balancing hormones and everybody's got their own unique balance. So like what you were saying is I might say, you know, men really like to compete. OK, they like sports and they like to compete. Now, not all men are that way, but competition is going to produce testosterone and women need testosterone. It's just too much competition will be if it's too much and she's not balanced by cooperation and nurturing and harmony and being at ease and comfortable. The opposite of, I got to work hard here. I'm going to win. I'm going to do it. I mean, think about what competition is. It's I want to win and you lose. <laughs> I want to beat you. <laughs> and, and, you know, a lot of people say, oh, we should never feel competitive. Of course we should, but we should put it in a context which works for everybody. And that would be the win-win situation which is I want to get what I deserve and I'm going to do my very best to get it. That's a more elevated version, but I'm always competing with myself. And that competition does stimulate whatever form it is. It's going to stimulate testosterone and nothing wrong with women doing that, except you see what happens for women that spend a lot of time competing in sports is that they lose their fat. 
they're more muscular and they can't generate fat produces estrogen. They can't make enough estrogen to get pregnant. You need, you need your estrogen levels to double normal levels to become pregnant. That's the ovulation time. Now, if it doesn't double, you can't get pregnant. And when it starts to double, that's where you feel romantic. So when women have higher estrogen, when it starts to double, that's when they're putting out a pheromone that makes men very interested in her and it awakens a man's attraction to her. And when men are producing a lot of testosterone, he puts out a smell, a pheromone that awakens a woman and raises her estrogen. Hence, you see the movie where the guy, you know, risks his life and saves the woman in distress. I need help. I need help. And he provides the help. Boom. They have great sex afterwards. They have huge chemistry. It may not last, but but they generated it in that moment. And so what I'm trying to teach people is how to sustain polarity in a relationship where we're authentic. And if a woman, you know, if a woman is authentic and in balance, she's going to have higher estrogen than testosterone. She's going to have higher progesterone than testosterone. And if a man is in balance, he will always have higher testosterone than both those female hormones. So this is our authentic self. Now, I love that you talked about polarity. You probably do it the same way I do, is that everyone knows in the beginning of a relationship, there's like this excitement, there's this thrill, and then it goes away. And the reason it goes away is we don't have polarity. It doesn't have to go away if you have polarity. So the newness novel experiences produces dopamine and dopamine then creates estrogen in women and testosterone in men. You feel all this chemistry. But as soon as the newness goes away, familiarity sets in. Now, newness is dopamine. Serotonin is familiarity. You know, you know what to expect. You feel comfortable. You feel at ease. You can start taking off your clothes. You know, you have to protect yourself so much so you feel safe. And you know what to expect. You know what to expect. And we all want that. You know, I feel so comfortable. I come home and I'm a hero every time. I just want to say to women, wouldn't you love to come home and just feel so safe you could express yourself? That expressing yourself and feeling heard produces estrogen, lowers your stress. On the other side of this, if you're a man, you come home and you come home to somebody who's happy to see you with no intention to change you. What what a heavenly life that is. And this is what's possible once we learn to balance our hormones inside. Because when we are producing stress hormones, our brain, we go into another part of the brain that says, look at what's wrong that has to change. Look at what's wrong that has to change. The other side of that is when you're not stressed, you can look at what's good and be grateful for it. And how can I make it better from a positive feeling as opposed to to be happy, it has to change. And relationships can trigger these hormones so easily. I mean, I can just have a successful day and feel on top of the world, come home, my wife's disapproving of me, you forgot to call me, you left your shoes out, your socks are on the floor, how could you forget? The dishes were so dirty, you can't even clean them. Any of that stuff, (laughs) Superman just crashes down, okay? Just like the testosterone goes down. And a woman, you know, all day long, she's busy on her male side, she wants to come home and say, oh, I was awful today. You know what? So, so and so said this, and so and so said this, and they didn't even do that. He says, Well, you got to buck up, honey. That's the work world. Or he says, We shouldn't get upset about that stuff. That's just the way it is. You got to accept it the way it is. Then, after a while, she won't talk. And she doesn't talk. She doesn't get to learn by sharing deeper levels of myself and my emotions. I can actually neutralize my stress without having to change the outer world. 
See, this is the mastery of life mm. is if I'm stressed, how can I remove the stress without having to change anything in my external world? I can ask for help, but if I'm not getting it, I know how to do it for myself. And that's feeling independent along with feeling dependent. That's a huge shift because for most people, that self-awareness does not really happen. And I love that you're bringing this up about the fact that taking responsibility that it is your inner environment that makes you react a certain way. And if you could just change that inner environment, you will react differently. But I also love the fact of understanding that, yes, there's this independence, but then having that um, support from somebody else does not make you less. It actually will enhance your chemistry. And I think it's it's a beautiful place to be in. I always say that I don't need a man, but I want a man. And so yeah. I think this is why our relationship is so thriving, because I choose to welcome him and I welcome his support. But I know I could do anything for myself, but it's so much nicer when he does something for I me. I know. And you actually say those things a lot. You're like, I know I could, I could do this myself, but I really like it when you do it for I me. Do. And it makes me happy to do it for you. You know, another thing that we do, John, that's related to what you were talking about is we have kind of a rule here in the house that if somebody's out and the other one's home, when that person comes home, unless you're in the middle of a meeting or an interview or something like that, <laughs> we stop whatever we're doing and we come and greet the other one and Beautiful. say hello and like we're happy to see each other and all that. And it really is a huge shift because I could relate when you were describing like you just had you made some awesome thing happen at work you know and you're on top of the world and you come home and all you get are complaints I mean we have all been there before and it yeah. is massively deflating it's like somebody just burst your balloon you know so yeah it's so much better to have that like that just um, well you brought out two things right there I just want to underline them sure. uh, one is you come home and nobody's trying to change you. And that's particularly for the guy. But the other side of it is what you just said, which is perfect, which is we're going to stop whatever we're going to do and we're going to greet each other. So this is what I learned in my marriage with Bonnie. And I talk about her in present time, but she passed a few years ago and she's still in my heart. And so much of what I learned, I learned from her and our relationship and Men from Mars and beyond Mars and Venus. So I come home and the, she would complain to me at one point in the marriage, you know, the kids don't listen to her. They always listen to what I say. And, and so I thought about that and I thought, okay, let me, let me be a role model of someone who can listen to her. And I looked at where am I not showing respect for her? Cause she was at one stage, she was doing most of the cooking. So she was cooking meals and she'd say, okay, dinner's ready. Come to dinner. And I'd be on the computer and I'd just sit there, continue on and say, I'll be in in a little while. And then the kids would go in. So, and another thing I used to do was I'd come home. I have these little children. They just run at you. They love you so much. You know, he, daddy's home. Finally, somebody else is here other than mom. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's this new, exciting, you know, even though you don't do anything, but you know, it's just like they run in my arms. They're so happy to see me and I'd play with them, whatever. And Bonnie would be busy making dinner. Okay. So. I thought, let me make two changes. Okay. I, when she said dinner's ready, I said, Oh, let's get up, get in there right away. And I would get up no matter what I was doing in an instant, I would go in and have dinner. And the kids saw when mom asked for something, dad jumps. And when I would come home, always the first thing I, the kids would come at me. And after a few weeks of training, they'd say, mom's here, mom's there, mom's not here. Cause they knew the first question out of my mouth was going to be, where's mom? 
And before, you know, they could jump on me and whatever, but I would go right to her and give her a big hug. And they would see mom's number one. And, you know, that's an example of something that we're not aware of is that how much more women need, need. And I know you're into want and you can want it, but actually deep inside, you have an emotional need to feel respected, to feel number one, to feel honored, to feel understood, to feel that somebody cares about what you're going through. And those, because when someone treats you that way and you want them to treat you that way, because, and all of our wants, ultimately the healthy wants come from a true need inside. That's that need for emotional fulfillment. And by providing that little change, the kids started listening to her more. They just needed an example of that. And of course, she was happier. I saw the change. <laughs> My wife's happier. And I started realizing another little thing about, you know, the little things make a big difference is if she asked me to do something and it was something I could do within like, it was like a five minute rule. If I could do it with, within a period of five minutes, I would stop whatever I'm doing and just jump and do it. If she said, you know, the, the lawn needs to be mowed, I see I'll get to it on Saturday, you know, I'll get to it next week. But <laughs> for me, mathematically, I get one point for anything I do. I give her a hug, I get a point uh, in terms of an estrogen point. If I come home and find her first, I get a hug. I, I give her a hug, that's a point. I found her first, that's a hug. Uh, I offer to help her in some way, uh, that's a point. I notice you got your hair cut, that's a point. I see her, I hear her, she's talking to me. I say to her, you know, well, help me understand that better, honey. Tell me more. I tell me more. That's a point. And every time I get to say it, that's another point. Because see, just like, you know, I can look at how many likes I get, you know, you want more. We all want more. <laughs> Everybody accepts it. In terms of our work world, it's okay to want more and more and more. But in relationships, often we men don't have the, the correct attitude. It's okay for her to want more. It's okay to, but you have to just not get upset with her when she's upset and then she'll want more and she can still be upset with, she'll still be happy with what she has. And that's kind of like a, a lesson on a higher emotional, when you're, in, when you're in touch with your emotional needs and you're starting to get them fulfilled, then you develop something called delayed gratification. You trust that I can get what I need. I don't have to have it now. And that's our higher brain function that we can exercise in our relationships. Yeah, I, and I, I love all those examples that you gave because really what they are are examples of what you talked about earlier, which is doing more small things all the time. And I've never really thought about it exactly in the terms that you put it, but I'm pretty much the same way. If she asks me to do something for her, if I can do it quickly and, and re relatively effortlessly, I will do it right away. And it's only the bigger things that I'll put off later. And I don't think a lot of men realize just how important all Powerful those little it things are. It's, it's the feel I get a response. You know, the response is you you heard her and you're going to take action. There's something about men who take action. Emergency man to the rescue. You know, there's <laughs> a hormonal response to it. You see, this goes below the conscious mind, before the logical mind. You, you, we should think, well, look, I'm only doing a little thing. It should only get a little response. I give you 50 roses. I should get 50 points. No, you get one point of estrogen. It will go up. It's great. That's wonderful. It comes back down. You know, you get, but you get one point every time. One rose, one rose, one compliment, one attention. For me, it became a logical thing to give her four hugs a day. Every time you hug a woman for six to ten seconds, she's going to get a surge of estrogen. That's a point. Mm -hmm. So I, I find her. That's respecting her, honoring her. She's number one. This is little things that we can learn that generally speaking, when people say, how do you bring back the love? 
what did you do in the beginning when you felt that? And often, often you were exercising her being more on the female side, him being more on the male side. And that's where romance comes. That's that polarity. Now you asked a question about earlier and I didn't answer it. I was sort of giving a foundation for it. Is it what happens when, when he's more on his female side or she's more on her male side? You know, what happens there is that when, when, she's, when she's on her male side, and he does something to help her come back to her female side, then right at that middle point, there'll be a spark of flow, creativity and romantic feelings, higher experience, because there's a balance point. You see, so when I'm helping her come back, that's actually the most meaningful thing. Her doing things to produce estrogen is really important for her. But then when she goes to her male side from being on the estrogen side, she's gonna find that balance point. That's very ecstatic, that's very fulfilling. That's why women in the 60s, oh, you know, they were just so ecstatic going to their independent side. And men were just so, I was there, you know, I was growing my hair out, had (laughs) free love, you know, all about love, peace, get high, you know, totally not responsible for life at all. (laughs) But but I was going too far to my female side and it feels ecstatic and then it doesn't. You see, we go too far. We want to, you just have to stay connected to the right balance within yourself. And it fools you because if you're way on one side and you're moving to the other, right at that midpoint, it feels really, really good. Just like, just because something feels good as you continue going that direction, there's a momentum, doesn't mean it's good for you. Like I can, people always say, well, I don't feel this way that you're talking about. And I said, well, if you're feeling stressed, you're out of balance and fine balance never feels good doesn't feel good right away. It's like, you can, I love ice cream, right? And if I eat too much ice cream, (laughs) I get a fat belly. That's just what my body does at this age of 70. So I can't eat as much ice cream as I could when I was a kid. That's just a discipline I have to follow (laughs) if I want good health, you know, if I want to feel good about myself. But boy, somebody said to me, and I didn't know it made me fat, you shouldn't eat that ice cream. I go, oh, but it's natural. It feels good. Natural <laughs> always feels good. That's not necessarily good for you. So I feel really good on my male side, says a woman. I don't feel comfortable going, uh, sharing my feelings and opening up. I go, yeah, nobody does if they're not good at it. But you have to learn how to do it. You have to learn how to be vulnerable. And that is the emotional need that women have today more than ever before. And relationships need her emotional vulnerability, not his what what you need from him is steadiness and interest and focus and attentiveness, which eventually will allow him to provide greater caring and compassion. Women awaken the feelings in men. If women are in touch with their emotions, a man will connect to you right away. A simple example. You say, oh, I come home and you're talking to your husband. You say, oh, my office, it was awful today. You know, I had to do this. They forgot to do this. I don't feel like I'm being appreciated. I should have gotten that job. That person didn't talk to me. Okay, a lot of things happen. To me, a lot of things happen and I don't get upset about it because I'm a guy. When I'm experiencing stress, and this is a difference in stress, men tend to detach more under stress. Women tend to attach more. That means they have an emotional response, and this is measurable in the brain. Even when adrenaline is being produced, the early stress hormone, women will have eight times more blood flow to the emotional part of the brain, and a man will have less. 
So we detach. So all day long, we have phrases we use, and women pick up on these when they're on their male side, which is, can't change it, no big deal, don't worry about it. So what am I going to do about it? I'll handle it tomorrow. I'm going to go watch TV. See, these are mechanisms for men to push their emotions to the side and build their testosterone. And if he doesn't do that, and some men don't have permission to do that, don't know how to do that, don't have the competence to do that, then they're on their emotional side and they just feel needy and angry and upset and dissatisfied and depressed. All depression in men is estrogen and low testosterone. Anytime you stop talking, and this is one simple thing, is stop talking and stop trying to change anything. And just that, that's called meditation. (laughs) (laughs) You know, people say, we should all be talking. I know we should not be talking, particularly men, when they're upset. It's okay to talk when you're not upset. I'm not against men being vulnerable and open and sharing, but not when you're upset with your partner and not when you're using negative emotions to change your partner. That's That's primitive behavior. We have to look at that. And women do it more than men. But once relationships get triggered, then men do it more than women. See, the dynamic here is when the problem is little, men have no emotional response. But when the problem is big, men have a much bigger emotional response. Isn't that interesting? It's because when the problem is big, only thing that makes a problem big is I don't know what to do. (laughs) (laughs) And there's no problem for me. If if I know what to do, it's not a big deal. Hmm. So when men lose confidence, their testosterone is going down, then their estrogen surges. And then they feel angry, they feel hurt, they feel vengeful, they feel jealous. All these lower things that we're trying to rise above only occur in men when their testosterone is down and their estrogen is up. So that happens to me. I get angry and upset about stuff. So what do I do? I stop talking. Second thing I do, I do something that will increase my testosterone. And for, you know, for me, because I learned transcendental meditation 50 years ago, and I've learned a lot of stuff since, but I learned how to quiet my mind, how to forget my problems. And that's basically what men instinctively do anyway, which is, well, nothing I do about it, so forget it. Try saying that to your wife. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. We're going to talk about this and get to the bottom of that. (laughs) Because, Because talking and feeling heard, it's not just the talking, but it's the talking and feeling heard is connection. And that's what women need most of all. I need connection, but not as much as a woman needs it. Now, if some man says to me, I need connection more than my wife, I'd say you're more on your female side and she's way on her male side. So we don't know who we are till we know who we are. And I guarantee you, you don't know who you are in the moment where you're stressed. You disconnected for your authentic self. So let's start learning new ways of being, even though it may not feel natural at first. So one thing that was huge that you said that I wanted to reiterate is about that we need her emotional vulnerability and sharing more than we need his. And this is huge because with a lot of our clients, even when I have male clients and they'll come and they want to talk and and I'm like, sure, there's this part, but really what I need you to step into is into being a man of your word, keeping up with your actions, like all of this part that will boost your testosterone rather than go more into your touchy, Feely expressing this because I like this is a massive turn off as a woman. We think yeah. we want that until we get it, and then we're like, <laughs> no way. <laughs> That's exactly right. Women all say, Oh, I want this emotionally available man, and you get it, and you go, ah. that's because he's going to his female that pushes her further out of balance into her male. Mm -hmm. So here's a little thought for people they don't normally think. 
when you're listening to someone, you're producing testosterone. And when you're, unless you're talking to solve a problem, that's different. But if I'm listening to you share your feelings, I'm, my testosterone's going up. And it will go up more if I understand that women have a greater need than a man to be heard. You see, men, if I feel like I'm doing something meaningful, my testosterone goes up. Most men don't know how meaningful it is to women, and not all women know, is to be able to share whatever's inside with somebody who's being present for you, you know, being present and asking questions and caring, caring about what you feel without trying to change how you feel. See, that's the key to it. Instead, understand what she needs. Is the, she's sorting it out inside herself. This is one way men can understand it, is, is that she needs to talk about things and sort of bring it out and see it, and she'll sort it out on her own. And so if you hear her without trying to sort it out for her, she'll be able to just explore it and then share it. And then she feels better afterwards. And that's what I learned 30 years ago when I sat in front of a, actually was learning it 40 years ago when I would sit and listen to women in therapy. And I practiced what I was teaching because women say, I don't want them to fix it. Right. And so I was teaching. That's one of the big ideas of Men Are From Mars is just listen, men, don't do anything except seek to understand, be curious, seek to understand. That's what she actually needs, even if she doesn't know it. Because often women will say, well, what should I do? Then you need to say, well, this is a big issue. I, I need to understand it better. No <laughs> <laughs> caring. Don't have to jump right into it. Mm -hmm. So you listen. And what I learned is by being a good listener, I had a waiting list of women that came to me for counseling. Okay. It became famous where I was counseling in those days. Women would come. And after 10 sessions, I wouldn't see them anymore because they didn't have much to talk about. I say, I'm teaching you how to do this in your relationship. I don't want you to be dependent on me. Now, some women would say, it's an interesting, playful thought here. Why is it that you're such a good listener and my husband isn't? And he's the one who loves me. And I said, three reasons. One is I hear you and you're, you're basically complaining a lot about your husband. <laughs> not, not me. <laughs> so if you're complaining about your husband, I don't take anything personally. So I feel like I'm better than him. So it's nice <laughs> to listen to you talk. The one is you're, you're not complaining about me, too. And so my testosterone doesn't go down. Two, you're paying me. Okay, so my testosterone goes up. I'm doing my job. I must be a value because you want to pay me. Now, your husband, what payment does he get? He gets complaints, you know, basically. <laughs> and he doesn't need money. What he needs, the biggest payment for a man is someone who's not trying to change him, but appreciates what he can provide. So you're, you're uh, basically not paying. You're, you're paying me. You you not complaining about me. And it's only 50 minutes, okay? It's not all the time. <laughs> you go. So if a woman can take that little piece of information, I would share that and I'd point out to them that complaining is the worst communication skill that there is. If we could just understand that. And now we have the brain science to point it out, which is if you use discontent, negativity, to get what you want. That's what a complaint is. You know, I'm not happy with you. You did this and you, I want you to pick up your socks. You don't pick up your socks. So what you're doing is you're communicating an emotional frustration or disappointment or upset with him using negative emotions in order to motivate change. That changes your brain. So when you want more, your brain goes, focuses on what is it I'm not happy with and to bring up negative emotions. And so what happens is so many women experience these automatic negative thoughts, automatic negative thoughts, automatic worries, automatic discontent. 
so many things to be unhappy about. And men kind of go, how could somebody love me and have so many things to be unhappy about? <laughs> it just doesn't make sense to us. And what doesn't make sense to women either. They think if he would just change, it would go away. But what creates that negative loop is using negativity to get what you want. Mm -hmm. Anytime you use negativity to get what you want, the brain changes and it goes, it, more blood flow, more wiring goes to the part of your brain that sees negativity rather than the part of your brain that sees positivity. And that's what you want. It's not like you ignore negativity, but then positivity comes in to see how it's going to get solved or looking at what else you have to compensate for the imperfection. So many times I'm, I'm in, I live in Mill Valley. It's a very up to do, well to do place. And, you know, a woman comes to my session and I'm listening to her and she's telling me, you know, we're going on our vacation to Paris where we have another apartment there. And we have this wonderful, my husband has done this great vacation plan, but suddenly uh, our two nannies got sick. So what am I going to do? <laughs> and she's so unhappy in her life because she, she doesn't have the nannies and what's she going to do? This is called high level problems, right? Now, <laughs> her husband who listens to it is going to think, what do you got to complain about? You know, you've got everything any other woman would dream of. Are you kidding? What's the big deal? We'll just hire somebody there. Don't worry about it. We'll fix it. You know, what's the big deal? We should be happy. But she'll become more unhappy and more grounded, often more resistant into her unhappiness because he's not going to take the time that I take in therapy because I'm being paid. I understand it. I'm not being blamed to be able to say, well, help me understand that better. And let her talk about it. And then by the end of the session, she goes, it's going to be okay. I'll just find somebody else. I've got a friend. They got a nanny. I bring them. They'll want to come. I can bring a friend. The solutions appear. Her feelings become more positive. If she can just sort it out without somebody judging her, making her wrong for what we would see as men as an overreaction, as a lack of gratitude for what you have, instead of no matter how good life gets, you're always going to look at something negative. <laughs> There's always the negative side of it. You just don't want to get stuck in that side. And one of the ways people get stuck in the negative is by using negativity to motivate other people. So if you're angry to get what you want, you're just going to be an angrier and angrier person and you're not going to get what you want. And if you do get what you want, it's not enough. Mm -hmm. Okay, It won't be enough because your brain's on the side of the brain that says not enough as opposed to plenty. And that's what we want to have a balance of I have plenty and it's not enough. I want more. So I'm wanting more from a place of appreciation and gratitude for what I have. That That is huge. This is one of the things that, Celine, I think you are actually a master at is using positivity instead of negativity. I think it's one of the true gifts that you bring when you help women, just like John does. Because yeah. to us as men, that constant complaining it's like a thousand daggers in the back, you know? It just, over and over again, it really, really affects us in a negative way. But when you just flip that script around, instead of saying, why didn't you do this? And simply say, you know, if you were to do it like this or do this at this time, here's how it would benefit me. I would feel so much more relaxed or I would have more time to, you know, rub your shoulder or whatever it is. Just flipping that around makes a hundred percent difference to us in, in using the positivity versus the negativity. And that's one of the things I think that you do really well. Thank you. I can tell you're, you're beaming with estrogen. <laughs> it's in your smile. It's in your smile. I see it there. And it's learning to use those skills. That's your 
feminine power. Okay, this mm-hmm. let me, you know, everybody's talking about empowerment for women. And yes, they're on their male side. They, that's the male energy. Empowerment, look what I can do. Look what I can accomplish. Look what I can achieve. That's our male side. Well, what is the female power? Most people have no words for that. If we go to a female empowerment class, what would it be? <laughs> Actually, what it would be is something like if people watch that movie, The Secret, you know, which is using your attitude and your positive feelings to generate a frequency out there which reflects what's inside of you. That was a whole big movement. And it's impractical if you just look at that because that's just one part of life. But that's the female power, which is your attitude determines what you get. Okay, a positive attitude, you will always get more. Love is the answer. And so what is, if we look at in terms of male power is look what I can do. Female power is look what I can get other people to do for me. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> this, is, this is so great. You know, you get a guy to do stuff. He wants to do it rather than uh-huh. feel like I have to do it to make you happy. No, I do it to make you happier. It's a whole different context. And I want to, you know, you articulated uh, what some of the things she does with love to motivate you. I want to give another practical example as well, something that I think is helpful to people, what Bonnie did. So for years, you know, one of my flaws is that uh, I tend to be a little more messy than her, which makes it hard for her because she keeps cleaning up after me and I never know there's a mess. <laughs> so I never learned how to clean up after messes. You know, since since she's passed, I've had to learn how to clean up my messes. So that was like, I never saw the, how messy I was until she stopped cleaning up for it. But she would re- resent it at times until she figured out how to get a change. Now, the change she got was one of the things was our house is really long and I would go down the hallway, go through the living room, go through the dining room, go through the kitchen to get to the TV room. So I'm going from my bedroom to the TV room. So I'm turning off light switches all the way. And usually I would just walk through and turn on switches and forget to turn them off on the other end of the room. So she'd say, John, you always forget to turn out the living room light. How often do I have to do this? How many times do I have to tell you? And this is several years, which becomes more and more frustrating for her. Now, what doesn't make sense to a man on one level is, well, it wasn't upsetting the first time, so why is it upsetting 50 (laughs) times later? A little thing. It's not a big deal. Turning out the light is not a big deal. And we had conversation. She said, but the electric bill is so high. And I said, honey, I make plenty of money, so it doesn't make a difference to me. And she says, no, we need to be more environmentally safe. I said, okay. So then I got solar. So now I got solar. She says, yeah, we have to set an example. (laughs) 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 To who? Anyway, but it it would just frustrate. And part of what's going on inside of her to understand her perspective is if I have to ask him 50 times to do this, if he, when he forgets to do it, it means he doesn't love me. Mm-hmm. See, that's the interpretation she's having. And to be quite honest, that's not true. Of course I love her. It's just that the way I look at it, it's not significant. To her, it's those little requests. And when I don't do it, she feels like, oh, then he doesn't love me. And ironically for a woman, she thinks, if he doesn't do little things for me, then what's he going to do if it's big? Okay, from his point of view, it's a little thing, so no big deal. It's the big stuff I'll respond to. But her, <laughs> see how we look at it? We can, we can look at it very differently. So the little things can be very upsetting to her. So one day she figured out how to completely change that away and many other ways, but this is an example. So I was used to her looking in the door with disapproval in her eyes and she put her hands on her hips and she'd say, you know, you forgot again, how many times do I have to tell you to turn out the light in the living room? Like a unhappy mother with a child. And of course that creates a defensive reaction in me. And 
then she'd stare at me till I said I was sorry. And if I did say I'm sorry, she'd say, well, you don't feel it. And I said, it's true. I don't feel it. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the stages of my growing through this. Then she'd look at me with those eyes and she'd say, she'd look at me and, and instead of, I couldn't say I'm sorry and have it be genuine, but I could say, thanks for pointing that out. I hear you. Okay, that worked better. That helped soothe things. That was a good thing. Thanks for telling me. I hear you. Because that's really what you want when you're saying something. You want to be heard. And thanks for telling me. Uh, I really couldn't get to the point where I'd say, I'll try harder. <laughs> just like, I'm not going to, it just doesn't, it's not who I am. So it's not a big deal to me. But I'll try to remember. Sometimes I'd say, then she changed and the whole problem went away. So what did she do? She poked her head and she had a smile on her face. And she said, John. And I'm like, what happened? What did I do that was good? <laughs> she said, John, I've noticed that you've been turning out the light more often, and I really love it. And I like took that in the first time I'd heard that. And then she said, and sometimes you still forget. And I just want to remind you how happy it makes me. And she walked out of the room. Boom. No response from me. Just left that space. She did that three times in some version of that. And from that point on, I turned out that light. And to this day, three years after she's died, I think of her with love in my heart every time I turn out that light. You see, it's motivating somebody with love by looking at what they do right and loving them, though. And if you do this, that makes me happy, you know, and leave it. It's information that goes into his computer. And always men are motivated to do what makes you happy, particularly if they don't feel they've been made wrong. Just as women are motivated to find their love again on their own, if you don't make them wrong for the moments where they're not feeling so much love and they want to express what's bothering them. Absolutely. That, so that whole, um, the part which she said, where's how much it makes her happy. That is like the big truth bomb aha moment there. Right. Because as yes. guys, we, we like to be the superhero. I love being the superhero, even for <laughs> like silly little things. I want to show up like I am Superman. Yes. I took the garbage out. Right. You know? <laughs> like, yes, yes, I yes. want to do that. So if I know that that's actually going to make her happy, I'll do it just to make her happy. But if I know that the only reason I'm doing it is just so that she's not pissed off, it's not the same motivation. It really isn't. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole different thing. And you don't want him thinking, I got to do this because I got a crazy wife who doesn't appreciate me. Exactly. You know, when I'm thinking, I got this amazing wife and I can make her happier. Mm -hmm. Wow, there's been so many tips throughout this entire conversation, John. So many things to take away. But I think the one biggest thing is that whole piece of appreciation. It is dear to my heart, so that's why I want to bring it up again. But in doing so, you will lower your stress level for both, for the men, for the women, and feel happier and better. Um, and, and I think that practice, too, that you have in... Uh, some of your books where you have the woman talk for a certain period of time while the man just listens, where she can feel heard, uh, creating that space of love. Uh, those practices where you don't fix her, you listen to her, there's a timing, and then you both can go on your separate way. This is really big too. Um, do you have any other uh, maybe last practice or words or things to share with our listeners uh, to help them if they like, okay, we are stuck, we are stuck in the complaint. We are stuck not being happy at the end of the day. I feel stressed. What is maybe their first step right now they can take? Okay, for a woman, uh, it takes 60 days to change a habit. The, often they say that. Some people say 100 days. Try thinking, 60 days, I'm not going to utter a complaint out loud. 
and I'm going to write on my journal whatever complaints I have and never show him. So you're going to hear that complaint, but you're not, you see, you don't want to suppress, Mm -hmm. but you don't want to use negativity, create a change. So the change I'm creating is within myself, just greater awareness of the ways I focus on negativity rather than counting my blessings and seeing what's possible. If you literally don't verbalize, just don't say it out loud and don't say it with your eyes. You know, don't make eye contact when your brain is looping on disappointment. It's okay to feel it, but go inside. Now, that's that's something women can start with and men can do as well because men loop on that as well. When you go... She does something to bother you or upset you or you feel like, ah, and you go to your cave to ignore her. That's okay. You've got to do that to rebuild your testosterone so you're not hooked into that negativity. Then reflect. This is for men to do. Then reflect on what she did wrong. Never tell her. Don't tell her. But reflect on what she did wrong. One, she did this. She did this. She said that. And then what did she not say? See, men are problem solvers. So if she was critical of me, what did she not do? And well, she didn't tell me what a good job I've done. And she didn't appreciate this. And she didn't appreciate that. And that's now you're looking, you're, you're dissecting it. You're using analysis. You analyze. It's so easy to look at them when you're upset with them. Take some time for yourself. Feel better doing something to feel good. Then analyze what happened. First, Give your monkey brain permission to blame in your mind. You're not going to tell her. You're going to analyze what she didn't do, what she could have done, what could have worked better for you. That immediately produces testosterone. Then turn it around. And now this is the power. Turn it around again. Now, how did I contribute to that problem? And what could I have done better? What did I say? What did I not do that would have worked better? And what could have worked better? So now I problem solve within myself to make a change within myself. So I made a commitment in the first second years of my marriage, which is why I could write this book. One of the reasons, Minute from Mars, I never uttered a complaint to my wife about anything. I just did that process. Right away, the first thing is to blame out. That's our our reactive self, but not out loud and not trying to change her. Go into your private space. Look at what your thoughts are to blame. Analyze that. See how much better she could have been and she wasn't. (laughs) Then look at yourself. Usually after you blame out, you can look at yourself at that point. And then don't let her know. Don't complain because you don't have to change the outer world for the outer world to change. You have to change yourself. That's the key. And it doesn't show. It shows up so powerfully in intimate relationships. In the outer world, a little harder to have everything change around you. You know, for me, I've created a life. I have a bubble around me where everybody loves me, likes me. I have abundance. I I can only go so far out with my bubble. I can't change those people (laughs) in the streets who are so unhappy. But I'm doing my best from my side, you know. So we can control our lives by controlling what's inside of us and relationships. It shows up so good. And also your own tendencies to not change within yourself show up. Your partner will push your buttons. It's such a great college to be in, education to be in, to have your heart open to somebody. Because then you can see how you react negatively to things. You can hold back from letting, using that negativity to get what you want. And instead, for women, processing those feelings, maybe talking to a coach, sharing those feelings with a coach. Uh, You talked about something which takes longer to explain, the Venus talk, where you learn how to share feelings without having to make the man without giving the message that he's wrong. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, you could be thinking he's not wrong, but you could give the message that he'll hear 
that he is wrong and he won't be able to hear. So it's a training, training her how to share, training him how to listen, training us all how when we're feeling stressed, how we can let go of the stress reaction on our own and then help our partners do the same. Yeah, that I, I am challenging the listeners right now to try not to complain about anything that is a fantastic practice. I'm not sure a lot of people can really do it. I mean, that's going to be a hard behavioral shift for a lot of people. They, they really get stuck in that. So I think that's a fantastic first step to really focus on. Because you, one, you're not, you're not voicing it, so you're not uh, triggering the other person. But the other thing is you're really bringing awareness to how many times you do it that you don't even realize you're doing it. Yeah, yeah. And what helps along the way, just to point out, is you recognize what you're doing that doesn't work. Then you have to do something that does work for your hormones, okay? Because just not saying your complaints doesn't necessarily work for your hormones. It just keeps you from doing the wrong thing over and over. So women have to understand those things that will increase their estrogen, which is finding people you could share it with, journaling. But when you journal, when you talk to somebody about what's bothering you, that's the surface then you have to talk about what you feel underneath it, which is I don't feel loved, I don't feel supported, I feel powerless, I feel confused. Then underneath that feeling is an emotion. Emotion is where you release the tendency. And that's where you, the negativity goes away because when you are able to connect with your emotions, when you're not trying to change someone, huge amounts of estrogen come forth. That's the power for women to come back to their positivity is to come back to the emotion. And, you know, often in relationships, it's once you can learn to do that, then now you're effusing positive emotion. Because if you don't look at your negative emotions, then your positive emotions over time become less and less and less. So we have to be emotional beings. It's part of who we are. And if a woman can share her positive emotions, kabang, a man will feel his positive emotions. And if a man feels his positive emotions, that's nice, but doesn't necessarily make her feel that great. Like just one more fun story is, you know, I love my work. I get to be with celebrities. I'm famous. I stay in the best hotels. So I'd go away while my wife's at home with the kids for three or four days. I fly to New York <laughs> in my own jet, even. So, you know, I just lifestyle and I come home and I, she'd say, how, how was your trip? Oh, fantastic. I met so-and-so. I did this and I did this. Now, if she was already in a good mood, she was happy for me. But if she had bad stuff happen while I was away, I could just see a dark cloud come over her. <laughs> yes, you have all the fun. You know what I had to go through? The toilet broke. There was a leak in the ceiling. I had to call so-and-so. You forgot to get this. You know, suddenly all the complaints come out. And so I learned I always check the weather report before I tell her how happy I am. <laughs> the reason that's so funny is people relate to that, but turn it around. If I'm having a bad day and she says, oh, I'm so lucky to be in this house, this family, this life I have, I'm just so grateful. A guy immediately will feel better. Mm. See, her happiness makes him feel successful and his successful raises his testosterone. Mm. But when she feels he's so happy and she's not happy, his happiness isn't going to do much because for women, it's not about I'm successful. It's about he's successful and giving me what I need. And at that time, she needs a need that she wants. But the need that her physiology requires is something that generates estrogen. And sharing can do it if it's done properly. 
Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much, John. There's so much wisdom and you have so much more. Um, we know that you have a free course on how to get everything you want in relationships. So if you've enjoyed John's uh, want to dive deeper, he's got so many books. We've got a lot of them <laughs> in our bookshelves. They all awesome. Um, MarsVenus.com is your website. Is there anywhere else you want to send people to or where they can connect with you or that's where you want them to go to? Free course, MarsVenus.com, rave reviews. And then you can check out my daughter's online courses because we get even bigger reviews with that. She's amazing, but you know, I'm still good. (laughs) (laughs) You're amazing. You've done a great job. You've helped so many people. And then you're passing on the baton and she's keeping up with the greatness. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for this wonderful conversation. It was amazing. I can't wait to listen to it all over again. So many great gems. I want to take a few notes and uh, we really appreciate your time and your wisdom. Thank you again. All right, everybody. That's all the time we have for this episode and we will see you next week. We hope you like this episode of the Love Lab podcast. If you enjoy this show, subscribe, leave us a review, and share it with your friends. And for more free, exclusive content, join us in the Passion Vault at CelineRemy.com forward slash vault. That's C-E-L-I-N-E-R-E-M-Y dot com forward slash vault. Thanks for listening. And remember, you're amazing.